So, good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Wise Men Say A Hull City podcast. Joining me tonight is my co-host, John. Good evening, John. Good evening, Alex. How are you doing today? Yeah, really good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to recording the episode. Yeah, good. Probably trying to aim for a bit shorter this week. So we yeah, we've got less to talk about. Yeah, bit of a bumper episode last week. So, yeah, nice, short and yeah. sweet one tonight. So we're going to talk about um, a review of the uh, unfortunate defeat at the hands of Swindon. Then we're going to uh, talk a bit more, um, do a bit of news with regards to the Chiller campaign. Then we've got a really good edition of Hull City Alphabet, a really good letter H to prove to be. And finally, we're going to talk about the uh, Fleetwood game coming up and also the Harrogate game uh, in the Cup in the EFL, uh, EFL trophy after that. So, John, if I start us off with the team for Swindon, then I'll ask for your thoughts, all right? Yeah. So, in goal, Ingram, of course, Emmanuel, Burke, Devise and Elder. Usual formation uh, with Doherty and Smallwood. In the sort of centre midfield, the role. Honeyman slightly more advanced. And then the front three of Wilkes, Eves, and KLP. So, your thoughts on the 2 1 loss of Swindon, John? Um, it was like, I, I was quite annoyed actually by, by the result. Um, it's really disappointing uh, from, from watching the majority of the game. Uh, I didn't see all of it, I saw the majority of the game. And watching the goals back. It seemed very slow. Um, even the goal, great goal, solo effort from Keanu's Potter. It was sort of very, very slow. And then Honeyman sort of kick-started that change in, in tempo. I would have liked to have seen a higher intensity throughout the whole game. Uh, we did have more shots statistically, but um, Swindon definitely looked like the home team with the amount of possession they had in the passing. But yeah, I'd have just liked us to have been on the front foot a bit more and... Um, and, and having a little bit more temper to it. We There was times when uh, Tom Eves was sort of pressing. Uh, he, sort of, he did this last year as well. He, he sort of undoes his hard work. He'll, he'll press a certain angle and force the team maybe to play backwards or sideways. And then he makes this huge overarching run. I don't know, maybe in an attempt to try and cut off a pass back to that player. But he, he sort of leaves a big big hole and they can pass through that first line straight away into our, into their midfield so it was sort of a bit pointless really uh, and then obviously the goal we switched off in a corner uh, Cadiz got a goal and for the second goal as well sort of parting of the Red Sea or should we say parting of the Black and Amber Sea for the, yeah. for the goal so yeah uh, quite a few errors there that McCann needs to address and I definitely say that uh, I know we weren't the home team, but we were the big team in the league. Obviously, we're now we're now fifth, and that that was only Swindon's third league win of the season to take them up to a a whopping twentieth. So, so really, I, I was expecting a lot more from what we saw on Saturday. Yeah, agree with a lot of your your points there, John. I think um, for me, the overarching sort of. Uh, sort of a, a sort of intensity from the team wasn't there, and I, I'm 
trying to speculate as to what it is. Obviously, I don't know for sure, but I'm speculating that this team, quite emotional um, team, and I think they're going like heavy ups and downs. So, you know, we started the season really well and we was on such a high and then we sort of smacked back down to earth with the defeat of Fleetwood. And then obviously we won again. Um, so sort of last week and the week before, and then I think they get on a bit of a run, and then I think, oh, I think, I think they think, oh, yes, we're gonna we're gonna walk it again, and they sort of lose what there was, um, what there was being really good at in terms of that like, intensity and the press, uh, and you know, Pochettino was one of these managers who likes the press, and he, he was um, on uh, Monday Night Football this week. And he was asked the question, can you maintain that for a full season? And his sort of his roundabout answer was, no, you can't. So I wonder if there was a little bit of fatigue there. And I think the players thought, oh, this is only Swindon. They've lost five in a row. You know, we'll roll them over. Um, and Swindon just wanted the game a bit more. And often in this league, if you want the game a bit more, chances are you're going to get the results. So... I think for me, hats off to Swindon, who um, who played really well. Um, textbook performance against the big side um, sort of stops us doing our good stuff. And a little bit of complacency from our team who had won two on the bounce and thinking they're big. Um, so I'm going to describe it as a smack back down to earth for uh, McCann and the boys. And he's got a big, big challenge ahead to, um, you know, get the players back down to basics and doing the hard graft. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, I agree with you on many points there. But I think the, the fatigue one, I just think, surely at this stage of the season, surely, I mean, you had Emmanuel a few weeks ago saying, oh, we'd love, love to play, we want games coming. And it's great to say that when, you, um, when you're obviously winning games a lot. Mm. Surely, surely they have seen from the previous week that McCann isn't afraid to make a change. And if you aren't putting in the effort, he'll take you off at any point. And it was just really, it was so frustrating just to see like a real lack in temper. Moneyman was bringing like the energy and trying to sort of kickstart things. And like we said, the goal was a really good example of slow to fast temper. And then Keen Lewis Potter doing a lot of the, he had a lot of work to do for the goal. And he, he was a fantastic solo run and finish. A really good goal. But, like he he can't be expected to drag the team through a game like that single handedly at this point in his career. He can provide little moments of brilliance, but being a young player, you know, he's not gonna be Al Bowen or Grizicki yet, who can just carry us through a game with with ten other players not particularly playing well. So we need to make sure that we are a team throughout the whole year because we will need every single member of this squad. And you know, like we say Swindon, they have to lost five in a row, but that's irrelevant because it's their cup final sort of thing against you know a big side. So it's a it's a great scalp to take, and everyone loves to come and take three points off off Hull City. So yeah, disappointing. I'm hoping we can bounce back and learn our lessons, but hopefully, uh, I'd quite like to see a few changes uh, coming into the the next game, especially with it being a, an FA Cup game. I still want it to be a strong team. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but I'm hoping to see. Have a response from some of these players, or even a, a change in the team, and uh, maybe some other people coming in and trying to kick some of the some of the lads out of the team. Because now's the time to introduce a bit of competition. Absolutely, I agree with that. 
And uh, it's an interesting one. We now head us to a sort of um, a week and a bit break um, for the league. And it's it's often said when you're winning games, you don't want to stop. Um, and when you're losing games, you, you, you know, you don't want to stop. You want to get straight back into the next game. But I think it's it can be, this This is an opportunity for McCann um, just to reset and just say to the lads, come on, let's get back to how we were playing the first few games. Um, and I agree with you, it's, it's a real good opportunity for some of those players who've been perhaps, you know, we, we're not sure, but if they've been performing really well in training, now's, you know, a chance for McCann to stay right. Well, you know, X had a poor game against... Um, Swindon, so I'm going to chuck you in instead of said player um, for the for the Fleetwood game. Go out and show me um, why you should be in the first eleven in the league. Because effectively, us versus Fleetwood is like a League One fixture. I'm not yeah. sure how they're going to treat the um, cup, but I'm assuming Joey Barton's going to put a strong side out. So I think you know we should we should do the same. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, Barton will love it. He'll, he'll want the BBC cameras down at his ground and you know playing a playing a big team, uh, Premier League team, just to sort of showcase himself. He'd love to go up again to probably a you know like a Lampard or something in the third round. So he's got a couple of rounds to get through yet, but you can imagine that's sort of his goal uh, and turning over a, a young English manager in high league. But uh, yeah, completely agree with you. We said last week about the. Um, sort of mini seasons and breaking it up into into sort of that that uh, different sort of parts. This seems like a natural break, you know, ten games or uh, and and going into a, a a couple of cup fixtures. This is your your first season is over now, and and obviously we're now fifth in our first season. So then we've got to now kick on and try and win our our next sort of mini league in a way, uh, and take quite a lot of points. So. It'll be interesting to see how other teams sort of approach it, but I do think now we've shown that we're quite beatable. So maybe that fear factor isn't there and we need to um, ensure that we, we make a statement when we come back to the league. But I agree with you, nice little nice little break from the league and then we can sort of come back into it in a, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, any, any final thoughts on, on that game, John, before we head off onto the news? Um, yeah, just like to see us play a little bit of a higher line, really, uh, and and obviously looking at looking at Eves maybe pressing a little a little bit smarter, trying to cut off the ball through the middle or you know through uh, through that first line so easily, trying to force them wide. He forced forced players wide really well, and then he forced the right back to give it back to the centre half, but then took this big sort of run uh, almost round him and. And uh, he just left a huge gap down the middle. So just seeing if, if you know, our shape can be a little bit better. Uh, obviously, the, the shape was at fault for the goal as well, the second goal. And, and seeing if defensively can we move a little bit higher at the pitch because we watched, we may be sort of um, a bit spoiled at the beginning of the season, having not conceded for so many games. and maybe expecting a little bit too much, but I do believe that we've got a, a, such a strong defence for League One and it's a championship quality defence when it wants to be so we need to sort of show it as a, as a full team really yeah absolutely um, so coming back to my challenge um, on Eves um, 
how would you how would you say Eve responded to let's say heard my challenge? How would you say? <laughs> um, it's it's an interesting one really because like he, he obviously scored quite a few goals with Gillingham um, in League One level, and I'm not sure if, you know we're having Keen Lewis Potter as our goal scorer and then. Eve is going to be a bit of a forward who holds up, bring bring his Keen Lewis and uh, Potter into play. I'm not sure, so I'm expecting more goals from him. Uh, looking a little bit more dangerous, but obviously he's just getting back to full fitness. I think he needs some. I think he needs some more time on the pitch. So I'm going to go a little bit easy on him actually, and just say yeah, he needs needs more time. Um, not a bad start, but not a, a great one. What about yourself? Yeah. Um... I didn't get to see all the game, but um, by the sounds of it, um, like you say, still working to full fitness. So, you know, you can't just judge the man on 90 minutes. Um, so, And I think the team, you know, didn't perform as well as they should. So, I won't want yeah, to single out any individuals. Yeah, it's hard for him. Cause obviously, I said about his pressing and stuff, but when the rest of the team is so deep, if he does bomb too far forward then there's a huge gap behind him anyway and he can just play around him just as easy. So it's about the full team sort of helping him out really in that defensive effort. And if we are going to play like a, a medium block and try and win the ball in the middle of the pitch and, and, and you know, break forward with some pace, then we need the players a little bit higher at the pitch. It just looks like we were playing a little bit like we were a few year, years ago when we, we would sort of sit back and let Bone and Grzycki take it forward and we'd, we'd hit him on the break. But he... You know, I can't expect Eves to go around chasing it, winning the ball, you know, and uh, and all that when the rest of the team aren't doing the same. So, yeah, I'll cut him a little bit of slack and we'll see how we get yeah. to the next game. That's good man management, that, mate. <laughs> right. Cheers. Shall we move on to the um, to the news? We're going we're gonna to yeah. try and give an update, um, you know, frequently on the Chiller campaign, aren't we? So, yeah. Um, the campaign featured on, on ITV calendar this evening. Uh, and the reports are suggesting that um, supporters have raised over £30,000 for the campaign, which is incredible. So well done to you all, all you City fans. Uh, yeah, fantastic yeah. effort. Yeah. Uh, and I, I believe, I, I said this last week, it, that should pay for 30 weeks of care. So that's that's over half a year. So that's really, really kind, especially given yeah. these difficult times. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, heartwarming to see. And again, yeah, during these difficult times, it's it's a ni- it's a nice story to be in the news. I think the news is very negative. It sort of always has been, really, but especially with COVID, to to see some sort of nice stories like that about obviously in a bad bad situation, a really unfortunate and sad situation. There's still something to come out of it that you know brings all city fans together, and we can sort of try and make life a little bit more comfortable for him, uh, which is what we all want. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the campaign is, is getting some real traction. Um, I noticed that The Guardian have, have um, posted an article about it, uh, specifically mentioning Chilo regarding the whole dementia uh, linked to football. So it's, it's if, if nothing else, uh, aside from the financial side of it, it's gaining um, sort of, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, oh, the word escapes me, but 
um, it's sort of gaining real traction. Yeah, momentum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe something to come in the next few years regarding uh, the sort of systems that they can perhaps put in place to protect players against dementia. Who knows? But there's, yeah. certainly, there's certainly a link, isn't there? So Yeah, and I think we need to look at amateur football as well because not only, obviously, professionals, you're training every day and you're playing playing for, you know, every week pretty much and you've got to look at maybe amateur football with that as well, what they're going to do in the grassroots game because you do get a lot of players who will play Saturday, Sunday, um, for example, 11 aside or they'll play, you know, the five aside or whatever during the week or, you know, they'll train and then they'll have a game themselves. So I think maybe it, it could be useful to take a, a, a sort of look into the amateur game and seeing if it's the same as the professional game um, because I do think there is a link there uh, and it's something that needs to be addressed. I know they've obviously brought in certain rules like we spoke about last week, but I just wonder if I wonder if there's anything else. We'll only be able to see in obviously in about sort of 50, 60 years' time if these new rules about, you know, um, heading from a young age, you know, does help later on. But what, what's, what, what's currently helping the senior players? Uh, because obviously doesn't matter if you don't head a ball up until 14, 15. If you're playing men's football from 18 to 35, that's an awful long time that you're obviously putting your brain under a lot of trauma. And you're thinking about centre-backs, such as, you know, your Michael Turners or Wayne Browns, Harry Maguire's, head the ball quite a lot. What What's going to happen to them in, you know, in future years? So it'll be interesting to see what they find. Yeah, absolutely. So watch this space, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention quickly as well um, the news that affects lower league football. So the, this week, the government announced that all non-elite sport is to cease until December 2nd as part of COVID. Um, and I myself are linked um, to non-league football in terms of I do a bit of commentary for Barton FM, um, who commentate for Barton Town Football Club. Um and I just thought I'd like to put a plea out there if there's any non-clee clubs that need uh, any support from our podcast in the area, uh, then please do drop us a message. Um, we'd be happy to help because, um, you know, with football not happening, you know, these clubs lose their source of income, don't they? So, um, you know, if, if any clubs need anything in terms of publicity or anything, then please do drop us a message. Yeah, I I know that um, some clubs in the summer sort of run like takeaway food services and things to try and get some income. Um, I know there was like a drive-in cinema at one non-league club, uh, which was a good idea to raise some funds. So obviously your amateur football uh, doesn't really get affected too much because players pay the subs and the club just sort of runs itself. But it's that next level where, you know, players are getting paid and that they do have some serious outgoings that's when it starts to be affected because obviously they rely on admissions uh, from the spectators to, to keep running. So anything that you're doing, any ideas that you have to sort of fundraise in the, you know, be it the local area or if you're a, a whole city supporter or linked with whole city from maybe a different part of the world, then be sure to get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Let's move swiftly on to our predictions for the Fleetwood game. So, 
According to Flashcore, John, this FA Cup round is the 1-128th final, if that even is such a thing. It's the what? It's, right, so you know how you get like quarter-final, semi-final? Yeah. And all that. They, they're calling this on Flashcore the 1-128th final. Ah, like, yeah, like a fraction. Yeah, I get it. Fair. Well, we've, you know, it's decent. That's like the positive way of looking at it, isn't it? That's like, well, you made it. We're getting through this round and we're in the 164 final. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, I think that's a great way of looking at it. We can definitely, yeah. McCann can take that to rehab at the end of the year and go, well, you know, you say first round, I say one 128 final. Yeah. Tomato. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully we can make it through. Yeah, to the one sixty fourth. That'd be good. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the game? I uh, thinking that we need a reaction from from the league. However, I do think changes are needed. I think this is a good opportunity for. I mean, I'm not sure if Coyle's fit, but uh, you know, good opportunity for the likes of maybe McGinnis, Coyle, or you know, those players on the bench, uh, Thomas Meyer, maybe as well, to come on and. Um, especially if you look at which conceded two goals, looking at maybe McLaughlin and Greaves as well, can you get some players coming in to mix in with a, a you know a strong first team and see if they can stake a claim for a starting spot? Uh, it's a, a fellow League One club, fully expecting Barton to put out a strong side for this. Uh, they'll have the confidence from beating us earlier in the league, thrashing us in the league actually. And um, I, I'm expecting it to be a, a tough game, but a good game at that. I'm gonna go for. I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm gonna go for a one-all draw, um, uh, and I'm not sure the stipulation. I think if it's not going to be a replay, I'm gonna go with a Hull City win on penalties. Um, so, yeah. So I was on the I was on the fence between a one-nil City win or a one-all. I think either way we're going to get a goal. Let's put me down as a one-all in 90 minutes. I'll make an uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm thinking that we're going to sort of mix the squad a little bit, use our our first team effectively. Probably uh, expecting a, you know George Long to start and a, you know a few other players try and stake a claim for a starting spot. Um, but we'll yeah we'll see what sort of reaction the players give. Yeah. I think I mentioned it last week. I think this is probably the easiest team talk that McCann's ever going to have. Because if if Fleetwood beat you four one, then you know he's he's going to expect to react from the players, and he can sort of he can pin that result up in the, in the changing room and say, guys, you know we really need a reaction from this game. Go out there, and for those of you who are in the fringes of the squad, get yourself out there and prove to me that yeah that you deserve a place in the starting eleven in the league. So, yeah, I'm actually predicting a three-two victory. I think it'll be a nice open game because, again, I think I think Joey Barton will come to play. Will come to do what a lot of teams do: sit back and sort of absorb the pressure. I think he's gonna he's he's gonna go for it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Shall we do? We look at Har- Harrogate. Oh yes. Shall we do the Harrogate game? Yeah, let's go for it. Um, with it, with this game, I'm thinking now is your your time to sort of play the kids. 
Um, you, you know, uh, well, your Callum Jones is, you know, there's maybe even an appearance for Harvey Cartwright, maybe in goal. Festus Arthur. Uh, Festus Arthur, yeah. I think it's just a good opportunity for that sort of um, integration, really. Billy Chadwick, those sorts of players. Yeah. Purely because we're, we're playing the FA Cup uh, on the Saturday prior to that, and we're going to look at a strong team. So this just gives the players a natural break during the week. I know people might say, well, our best chance of getting to Wembley is the EFL Trophy. But I think um, you look at the Chelsea game last year, the KCON was bouncing. I know it's, it's probably not going to be the case with fans anytime soon, but to see, you know, to watch um, City on, on TV against a, a Man United or even like a, you know, a Leeds in the, in the FA Cup, you know, after we beat them in the, um, in the Carabao, you know, it'd be sort of a, I don't know, like a, 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 a nice feeling again to see us against a big team. So, uh, so yeah, I'd love to um, love to see us go on a good FA Cup run. The EFL Trophy is a bit of a second sort of second fiddle for me, and uh, see the you know see the youngsters play and show that they can cut it at at least League Two level. Yeah, and perhaps uh, another player to to maybe go with. Is it Harvey Cartwright? Is he the goalkeeper for the um, under twenty three? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, maybe a chance for him to get to get in as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to go two nil Hull for this one. Do you care to chuck a prediction in terms of the result? Um, yeah, let's go for two nil. I'm going to go with you. I was I was thinking that I thought do I go different, but then I thought no because if if the win like. 2-0, I'll be, I'll be devastated. <laughs> Go with your gut. Irrelevant. Yeah, my, 2 my prediction. So, yeah, well done. So, moving swiftly on to a rather bumper edition of Hull City Alphabet. Now, this is gaining some real traction um, on social media, this, John. So, yeah. uh, as I mentioned before, this was, this was John's brainchild, this. I can't take the credit. Uh, but the, the guys on Twitter are absolutely fantastic at this. Um, so, I think for for this for this ep- for tonight's episode, John, should we have should we have your personal ones first, and then I'll I'll whip round the Twitter guys again, if that's alright. Yeah, sure thing. I've had um, I've had a few shouts from my colleague at work as well. So what we'll do is after you've done your shout outs, I'll go through the ones he mm. gave me. It was a week early. Gave me them last week, but uh, so I give him a shout out. But yeah, my, my shout this week um, is our eighth record goal scorer. He's tied eight for 79 goals. Yeah. And um, it is Ken Houghton. Right, so, good shout. Oh, I'd go for someone with a, a record. I was tied between him and Steve Harper, who holds a record of his own. But yeah, mine's Ken Houghton. Um, 79 league goals he scored for the Tigers. And I'm... Um, very interested to see. He only has obviously two goals more than, than Dean Windus. Very interested to see if anyone can sort of ever break into that top 10, top eight, because 79, although, yeah, a good tally of goals for the club, I think it is very reachable by someone like, you know, like a Keen Lewis Potter if he stays with us for a while. I think Wilkes it could be. Well, yeah, maybe something for these guys to aim for, this current crop. Uh, but yeah, my shout for this week is Ken Houghton. Yeah, what a player. I mean, he was another one of them that my my mum used to talk to me about, um, as did my dad. So he he played in the 
Chilton Wagstaff era, didn't he? I think. Uh, I believe so. Uh, there isn't much on him, um, to be fair. Uh, he, he played sort of, um, well, his biggest feat for me was, um, from what I saw in the research, was he, he was like the player coach of Scarborough after um, after Hull City and led him to the FA Trophy in 1974-75. So, yeah, around that sort of, uh, era. Uh, and he played nearly nearly 500 games in the in the football league. So, so yeah, very uh, long sort of career as well, really for him. So Hull City legend, and he obviously stayed around the the area, being a, being a player coach at Scarborough as well, kind of thing. Yeah, legend. I think I think I might remember seeing a program. My dad used to say back then you only have, used to have one sub, and Houghton used to be like a sub quite a bit because obviously we had Chilton and Wagstaff and he yeah, used to yeah. sort of come on against the tired defence and then that's how he sort of grabbed quite a lot of his goals so you know a really handy player yeah the early super sub then yeah exactly so yeah, let's have your second John uh, well yeah second then is my um, is, is another record although is the the oldest player to ever feature for the Tigers and um, this was in uh he was 40 years and 60 days old against Manchester United, 24th of May 2015. And it's uh, Steve Harper, really good backup goalkeeper. Obviously made quite a few appearances as, as the number one as well. Yeah, a real strange signing for me um, at the time because he'd been at Newcastle for a long time, hadn't he? And I yeah. thought he'd just see his career out there because he was that number two a lot. Uh, I think he was number two to Pavel Poborski, then number two to Shaka Hislop. Um, and, you know, play, he played a lot of games, but um, could have played a lot more at, at um, a different club. So I was surprised that we signed him because I thought he'd just see his career out at Newcastle. But when he, was, he came to us, he, he showed that he's more than capable of holding his own, being the number one. So Yeah. yeah. I agree with you as well because I think he's goalie coach at Newcastle now. Um, yeah. or he certainly was, you know, helping out with the coaching a little bit when he was at City and getting his badges. So, yeah, quite a surprise to see him really come down to East Yorkshire. But it was, you know, good servant for the club, and um, that was a shout also given by my, my colleague at work, Joe. So, cheers for that one, Joe, and a good start there as well. Uh, he also mentioned uh, uh, an amazing chant. Obviously, there's uh, there's Sort of grown up Hull City fans who are listening will, will be well familiar with the Alan McGregor chant, uh, which sort of uh, highlighted him as a bit of a, a party boy. But the uh, the Steve Harper one was much more tame, uh, and it it, it went uh, he dives to the left, he dives to the right. Steve Harper, two kids and a wife. Yeah. <laughs> Typical City fans adapting the chants to suit the uh, suit the pet player's character. So I loved it. Did anyone uh, mention Peter Halmersey? Yeah, uh, Peter Halmersey. Let's have a look. I've got loads Shocking of Shocking him, wasn't it? Shocking. Oh, I really liked him. But... Oh, man, it, just a League Two. Like, like, I know he's obviously signed from Plymouth, but just uh, his agent just stole him a move for me, like League Two player. And he, he had a, like a headband. So everyone just thought, oh, he must be decent, but didn't really oh, do yeah. anything, did he? He looks exactly like George Boyd, but I think, to, to be fair to me, I don't think he got given a proper chance. 
And and when when he did get a chance, like he scored twice against Sheffield United in a cup game. Like what more? What more do you have to do in a cup game to get like a chance in the league? I don't know, but just watching the league, mate. I just thought, you know, uh, we are, you know, we had like the likes like Giovanni and even like Kuzan like bagging them against like the big teams, and then how mercy! I was like, what what are we doing here? Like it. You know, because it wasn't like he was like a 21-year-old EFL star. Wasn't he like 29 or something? I'm like, I oh. know, but I, I still maintain, John, that he never, got, he never got a good run of games so we can actually judge him. Like, if he played 15 games and he was like, crap every game, but like, he, he played like one game like, and maybe came on as a sub and then you wouldn't see him for weeks and then, do you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe he was a bad trainer, I don't know, but yeah, I ne- <laughs> never really got... Um, a full a full chance for me, so I'm going to reserve judgment. Yeah, I'd be interested if he would have got into our team now. Uh, I, wonder, I, I wonder if he would. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, there you go. McCann McCann likes a chance, doesn't he? He gives players a chance. So we'll yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. So right, let's go for like you know, like a bit like pointless on on BBC. Where yeah. like you go for like the top ones, uh, and then like you know get like big well done for like these who got who got all the, all these and that, and then like go for like the obscure ones, like the oh, most obscure. Yeah, ones. yeah I like that. Uh, any of us like well done if you got these at home. Yeah, right. So, uh, so the most popular was uh, between these two, I think. So I'm gonna go with he came from Italy to play for Hull City. Over to you. <laughs> um, oh, I've gone. Uh, he came from Italy to play Full City H. He came uh, from Italy to play for Full City. Whoa. Is it Albert Hernandez? It sure is. Yeah, I was thinking Italian for me. I was like, no, he came. Yeah, I was always yeah. confused by this chant as well, but I think because we signed him from... Is it Palmer, is it? Something like that. Yeah, I think we yeah. signed him from an Italian team, but he's actually yeah. Uruguayan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Abel. Abel, uh, so yeah. Hernandez was mentioned by Dave Weldrick, uh, Stephen, Norwegian Tiger, Zach, Benedict, and John Turnbull. A popular one, I always liked him. I always thought he was in that league between the championship and the premiership. Yeah, I yeah. I think for me, he was um, probably one of the best strikers we've ever had on paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think whenever he was on the pitch, he, you know, he, he always looked like scoring or, or like assisting a goal. Uh, and uh, I think you know he was. I remember him scoring a pen against Chelsea, and I thought, yeah. This is a player. Do you know what I mean? Like you take balls to score penalty against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the other one who was uh, almost as popular was Huddleston. Um, he, he he's the best. He's the best technical player we've ever had. On paper. Yeah, like like um, I know, like you know, we said about Bullard and that. You know, when we got when we were at B, but I I've never seen someone. Like sort of rotate the ball across the field and like you know keep possession and and just pick out a pass as good as Tom Huddleston. I think his technique was so good. Um, and I know he, did he become a free agent uh, this summer? I'd have loved to have tried to get him back again, but 
Uh, I think absolute cracking player. Uh, it, you know, one of them, if he had players around him who could run, then he can just pick out the passes. Unbelievable player, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, a tough one for me, because he divides opinion a lot, doesn't he? Because a true football fan can see his genuine true quality, but then he can often be accused of being a bit like sort of lethargical on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Like a bit... Um, like he's, he doesn't run. Do you know what I mean? He's not a runner, is he? No, like the ball can pass him by a little bit, especially if you're playing against a, a team with a bit of pace who can sort of break lines easily. He can sort of, it can sort of go past him a little bit. You, you sort of see him as a bit of a, where Gerard played in the twilight of his career, that sort of quarterback role, where he'll yeah. drop in between the two centre-halves and pick it up and, and, and start an attack. Maybe he'd, he'd, if he had his career over again, maybe do him in, in, as a centre-half in a free. I think, depending on the time that he's come through, he would maybe suit that, given his sort of body type and, and qualities. Well. Yeah, he, he might have been sort of developed as that player a little bit more now, if he was going through the academy setup. You know, taught his sort of defending you know, principles and it would, it would suit that really well. I mean, um, I don't think at the minute, Scott McTominay of Man United is is as as good as technically passing and stuff as he doesn't have a range of Tom Huddleston, but in terms of the body types, you see him often now drop from a, a CDM to a centre back. Uh, Dye Eric Dye has done it as well. Declan Rice. So the players have done it more recently, and, and maybe Tom Huddleston might have had that again. Yeah, if his career had been over again. Yeah, he might have had more chance at international level as well. Yeah, I think. But yeah, Huddleston mentioned by Dave Weldrake, Hayden, Norwegian Tiger, Benedict and John Turnbull. So well done to those. Um, quickly want to mention he provided one of the best moments, I think, in terms of comedy when he, um, you know, when he chopped his wig when he scored. I think that was Yeah, great. yeah. In Fulham. Yeah, in that 6-1 drubbing. One of his best games in the City shirt, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so where shall I go next? I'm going to go with Isaac Hayden, mentioned by Tom Devereux, Norwegian Tiger, Zach, Peter Chapman and Benedict. Um, what, what did you think of him, quickly? I liked him. Uh, I didn't really think he got, again, like he was on loan, wasn't he? But I, I really, and then he went he went to Newcastle not long after. I do feel like he should have maybe have had another season with us. I'd have liked to have seen a bit more of him. Um, yeah. I just didn't think he wasn't really like a successful loan spell. He was like he's not going to be the most remembered player in the in the club's history. But I do think he was all right. I I actually quite liked him. I'd have played him a lot more than he he did play. But again, you know, with young players and stuff, you never know the trends. Uh, I thought he showed glimpses, and it's good to see him then you know become a a proper Premiership player uh, in the future. So yeah, good signing for us. Good loan signing that was. Yeah. Um... So I'm going to go to Stephen Hunt now, mentioned by Tom Devereux, uh, Norwegian Tiger, Zach Benedict and John Turnbull again. Um, I, I really liked him as well. Do you, would you agree? Yeah, I liked him. Uh, it was uh, it was just a bit tragic that he was our top scorer the season we went down with a whopping six goals. Yeah. So, like, it was, that was just a bit of a shame, really. Uh, obviously because the team was so poor. I feel like he would have flourished a little bit more in a in a better team. Uh but yeah. but yeah it was uh 
Did he? He came obviously. He came in the second season, didn't he? So it would have been nice to have had him all the way through the first season, where we yeah. had Hal Mercy. It'd have been good to have Hunt instead and think, wow, look at that with like Giovanni and you know Kuzan uh, and you know Mendy playing well and all those players. Yeah, it'd have been it'd have been good. Yeah, it'd have been a good option, I think, wouldn't it? Because we didn't play with like out and out wingers, did we? Whereas yeah. He is an out-and-out winger. I think he picked up a bad injury for Reading. That's why it ended up us. But yeah, yeah, like you say, a lot of his goals, like one of his goals came against Spurs and we like lost 6-1. And it was like, Stephen Hunt's probably like, well, I did my best, guys. I scored a free kick from 30 yards. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, next, I'm going to go with um, Ken Houghton, one of your shouts, uh, mentioned by Benedict, uh, Alan Parkinson and... Tiger Daw, who, yeah, we've talked about extensively. I'm going to go to... Who am I going to next? I'm going to go to Steve Harper, another one of your shouts. Mentioned by Norwegian Tiger, Zach and Benedict. Benedict, uh, if you can give us some more background on the second Steve Harper, uh, we'd love to hear it. Because uh, we're both not sure, are we? I'm going to go... To to you for this one, I promised the Twitter followers that I'd get you as an independent adjudicator on this one. Do you take Jan <laughs> Benegor of Hesselink as a H? Well, I did think he was a bit of a shoo-in for like V, you know, because that, that'd be quite hard later on in the alphabet. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think like you can have it, like, uh, you know, I won't, I won't be harsh on it. You can, you can have that one. Uh, but, but we say we can have it for both. Like, yeah, it's a bank for you, yeah, yeah, because like, it's going to get a bit difficult, isn't it? When you think about it later down the line, uh, yeah, it's difficult. There might be some weeks where you can't, like, we won't be able to name someone, so um, but so we take it where we can, can't we? Yeah, I think technically, um, Jan Venegor of Hesselink, I've had this translated for me, so in Holland, it just means like. Well, you know the of in the middle, that just means like a dash, you know, like it's a double barrel yeah. name. So it's technically it's Jan Venegor dash Hesselink. But you know, we're not gonna split hairs, are we? I think we'll allow Yeah, it. like if you had like Oxlade Chamberlain, you could have it for like O and C. And C, yeah. 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 And Walk Peters for WP. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm gonna go to um so you know you mentioned Steve Harper being the oldest player for C. Yeah. I reckon um We've got a shout for the second oldest here in Andy Hessen Tyler. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, crikey, he was a did he become like, yeah, he was like Gillingham manager, maybe? Um, Kidderminster, I think he was, yeah, it was sort of non league, wasn't he? And I think he's still managing, um, little, little midfielder, but yeah, good to uh, yeah, good, good servant to the club, did his bit, uh, obviously, twilight of his career, but yeah, good shout, mate. Not, uh, Great shout by um, Benedict, that was. Well done, Benedict. No, sorry, yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. It was oh. Peter, Chapman. Peter Chapman. Sorry, sorry, Benedict. But yeah, well done, Peter Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um, so a few a few left there, mate. We've got Hal Mercy, like we talked about. Um, he was by Zach and Benedict. Um I've got a shout for Norwegian Tiger. Loving this one. We've got Marcus Henriksen. Oh. Well, he signed for um, a team in Norway again, I think. Is it Rosenborg again? 
Um, but he was a free agent for a while after being released by us. What was your opinion on him quickly, John Henriksen? Oh, like, really wasn't a fan of him, to be honest, mate. Um, I just, I didn't see, like, why he was made our captain. I, I just, I mean, I do apologise, Norwegian Tiger. Uh, but, yeah, I just didn't, <laughs> I just didn't rate him. When you're growing up watching Ashby bring the team through, you know, and seeing passionate midfielders such as Bambi and so on. And then, it sort of just, it just looked a bit, I don't know, he didn't really have, I mean, every now and again you'd see little glimpses. I mean, but one, watching one game, he absolutely smashed someone in the tackle. And I was like, yes then, Henriks, and this is where it begins. And then it didn't just never really happen. So, yeah, maybe, again, maybe I had Dubai with the players around him. Uh, you know, he could have come to us in the Premiership squad and maybe done all right. Who knows? But, yeah, to be honest, um, I know, like, we have sometimes indifferences in opinions and with different players and stuff. But I'd much rather have a Dean Marnie who would just constantly run non-stop around the pitch, you know, put his body about and just, you know, looks like he's given his all when Henrik sometimes would come off and think, I mean, have you even got your socks dirty, mate? Like, it, it, you just wouldn't know what you're going to get from him. Yeah. To be honest, John, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Um we we have seen glimpses of what Henriksen's capable of, but it just wasn't consistent enough for me. And I think to you know to give him a you know a bit of credit, he was probably like they say like you know like a cricket captain like you pick the eleven and then you pick a captain. Yeah. I think that's what they did here. Like they picked an eleven and like the eleven was like poor. So I think. You know, they've sort of gone, oh, well, we'll have to have Henriksen as captain. Yeah, because he's like an international. Yeah, but, he, you know, he might, he, he's one of them. He'd probably do better at international level, I think, with players around him. Yeah, it was weird when, like, you see him get called up and again and again. And you're like, what? Like, no, we, in, in, like, in that, like... um got like, Haaland. Yeah, Haaland and <laughs> Yeah. And, and then Henriksen. I just didn't get it. But you get them, don't you, sometimes... <laughs> right, let's let's move on before we like before we dig at him all night. Yeah, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, James Harper. James Harper was mentioned by Zach and Benedict, um, who we mentioned earlier. We're getting towards the one or two mentions now, John. Um, so let's go with Brian Horton, mentioned by Peter Chapman and Benedict. Was yeah, he, was, he, was he a player for us, mate? Yeah, assistant manager as well to Phil Brown. Yeah, I know he was assistant manager. I didn't know he was a player. Was it was it before our time or when we were yeah. young? Before our time. <laughs> Quite the bit before our time, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Jack Hobbs. Um, was it Jack? Is Jack Hobbs? It is, yeah. And, and he was a free agent this summer. And I was tempted to even drop you a text one day and say, I think we should sign him, you know. You know, for yeah. that like, EFL experience. I know we had devices, but if we weren't so blessed in the centre-half position, I'd have taken him. Yeah. I always want, I hope one day, like Luke Shaw goes down the leagues and they end up playing the same team. You know, so it's Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hobbs mentioned by Zach and Benedict again. Then we had Zach also mentioned Hector. Hector! <laughs> Who was, you know, poor. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've slated pretty much every letter H in the whole city alphabet, bar a few. 
But again, like I can't believe he's a Premier League player, mate. Yeah, Tom Devereux also mentioned Hector as well, to, to be honest. Um, I forgot that. But yeah, he's poor, poor player for me. Yeah. I've got a couple yeah. from uh, Joe Todd. Um, I've got Andy Holt and Richard Hines uh, as two really good sort of players from early and uh, our day, sort of watching Hull City from an early age. Uh, two good defenders there. Um, did anyone Great mention Andy Holt? Holt? No one mentioned Andy Holt, so that's a cracking shout. And only uh, Lee Walker mentioned Richard Hines. Um, oh, good. So, yeah, well done to, to Joe. Quality, mate. Yeah, some good shots there. Well, uh, get to the we've got a handful left, mate. Yeah, go go for it. Yeah, because we said we'd have a short episode, but we've got a, a big recording here. I know, Christ. I'll try and rattle through these. So, another poor one from Somerville, Hatton Benarfa. What, what a shocker he was for us. Well, he'd sort of be a B, wouldn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. Like Benarfa. He's gone, he's gone for the old Somerville's gone for the first name again. Yeah, he might. I don't know. Does he have Hatem on his shirt? I mean, he's maybe thought. I don't know. Could be one of those players, yeah. you know, of his first name. But yeah, can't can't accept Ben Arthur. No. <laughs> Not can we Hawley. accept him as a player? <laughs> John Hawley, mentioned by Lee Walker and Peter Chapman. Uh, Norman Hunter, who quickly met, I have had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, really funny gentleman. Um, he, I actually asked him. I had a brief conversation with him when I, I was very young um, and I said he I just said to me have you got any advice on you know being a footballer and he said are you right footed or left footed and I said I'm right footed and he said right get a ball and bang it against the wall with your left foot because how many left footers do you see playing for England yeah fair enough and then David Hockaday by James uh, Burrell uh, you heard of him? Uh, yeah, I've heard the name. Yeah. But um can't say I know the era or anything like that. Um, yeah. Probably in conversation in like Maltrouble or Clarendon or something before a game, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark, Mark Hately, Norwegian Tiger and Benedict. Nice, good shout. Yeah. Uh, it, here's definitely a pointless one because I haven't heard of him. Terry Heath. No, I haven't. No, no. Not heard of that one. The great shout by Peter Chapman there, Terry Heath. Brian Hughes, uh, only mentioned by Benedict. Wow. I liked him as well, yeah. And obviously does the commentary now for Tigers yeah. TV. Yeah, and got he had his had his own him and his wife had their own businesses and all, didn't they, I think. So Yeah. Uh here's a cracking one, mate. I think he was our top appearance maker. I might be wrong. Is it Emmeline Hughes from Tom Devereux? Emmeline Hughes. Ooh. To, um, I'm sure he's our top appearance there. Our top appearance is, is Andy Davidson. Um, why, why have we got Emmeline Hughes being a record old before then? Oh, I don't know. He ain't in the top ten. Is he not? Well, I am way off the mark then. Um, surprisingly, only Tom Devereux and John Turnbull mentioned current legend honey monster George Honeyman. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I um, to be fair, I forgot about him. Didn't, yeah. I didn't think to mention him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, four more, mate. This one's I love this one. Shout from Tom Devereux, under twenty one, under twenty three squad. Ryan Hansen. Oh, there we go. So we're going for the uh, the old uh, under twenty threes as well. 
Hopefully, we might see him in the EFL trophy at some point soon. Yeah, so points for that, Tom. And another one from Tom and mentioned by us at AFC Joe was Tyler Hamilton. Yeah, another youngster. Yeah, he is um, another pointless answer, quality answer, that one. And finally, uh, a couple of shouts from Lee. Jeff, oh, my, my handwriting's awful. Jeff Hemmerman. Oh, and Paul Haig. Well, we've dug deep, haven't we, guys? That's a great, uh, great re- uh, response for the letter H. Um, what I would say is we've, we've slated quite a lot of them, but there were some good players in there. So uh, some some great shouts there, guys. Some good players. So um, maybe Norman Hunter's advice should have been don't let any uh, any Hull City chairman sign someone with the last name H after me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if he's called Hal Mercy, uh, but you know, yeah, there's some yeah, good plays in there. Well done, guys, and uh, we'll we'll get out the shouts for next week's episode as well. Yeah, I think I I may jump in me, mate, and I may have got like the next poll for next week. Go on, then let's have it. So you mentioned that you think that Huddleston is the best little sick player on paper. Yeah, I reckon technically. We... Well, I reckon we chuck, um, let's chuck Bullard, let's chuck JJ Kotcher, um into the mix and let's yeah. put it out there and think who is the best Hull City player on paper. So, like, not like actually on the pitch, but on paper, I think I think them three are up there. Any, yeah. any Bambi, maybe? What I will say is as well, like, with the Kotcher, like, he was so ridiculously skillful, wasn't he? Um, yeah. And, and Huddleston obviously had a different game. But what we're looking for there is just, you know, who is the best on paper? Uh, you know, what, who, who the would best have the paper written? Yeah, the prime. Exactly I was going to say that. Yeah. Oh, great sorry, did I nick it? Sorry. No, but great man, great man, think like I absolutely agree. Who would have yeah. the best FIFA rating uh, in the prime? Yeah. That would be the one uh, to judge them on. So even though they have different attributes, it was the best on paper. Yeah. So I'm going to chuck. So, Akotcha, Bullard, Bambi, and Huddleston. And I'll put other in case anyone's got any other shouts. That's all we've got for this week, mate. And I think we've slightly run over. We do apologise. Oh, um, no, it's been a big one. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's one of them. Like, I do, like, the letter H was a beast. Like, I don't think we'll have many next week for I. Yeah. So, We'll, we'll promise to have a, a shorter episode next week. How's that? Yeah, sounds good. Um, hopefully everyone has a good week, a nice positive week. I know it's a uh, lockdown in the UK. Um, so for those obviously listening in the UK, try and stay positive. Um, obviously some of you might have a bit of extra time in your hands to listen to these long episodes but and vote on the polls on Twitter. Uh, but let's just try and um, keep this sort of community of Hull City fans um, really, really tight and, and supporting each other through what might be a difficult time for many. And um, obviously, if you've got any suggestions yourselves for, for Christmas specials, things like that that we're looking to obviously do, we've got some ideas ourselves. But by all means, you know, if you want to, to offer some, some, um, some advice, then be, be free to give us a shout out on the Twitter. And yeah, looking forward to presenting again next week. Yeah, couldn't agree with that more, John. So yeah, well, our, our message box is always open. If anyone just wants to chat, um, and yeah, uh, if anyone does want to join us for an episode, you don't need a 
a degree in public speaking. You just need an, like a fern, smart fern, and we can get you on. So, yeah, drop us a message if you fancy it. Exactly. Right, guys, thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you. Bye. Only fools rushing